and welcome to Lighthouse Vineyard Church. We appreciate you joining us through this podcast. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to give online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for joining us and enjoy the message. I would start by introducing myself a little bit more. So here is a picture of my family. So this is the best we've ever looked. It was at a wedding. Um, my daughter, Anna, she's in the middle with uh, her husband, Nate. So Nate's our new son-in-law. This was last summer. And then we also have John Michael down in front, I mean Rose on that side. And then we have Michael, who was our guest worship leader this evening. Um, so Michael is on staff over at Vineyard in Mishawaka, but he agreed to come out tonight and lead for us. And then on June 10th, we also have Nate and Anna are going to come out and guest lead for us. And then they told me that we're on our own after that. But... <laughs> But they're, they're helping us out. And then we have Ben and Rebecca also on the end, and they'll be on the worship team too. We have a, a musical family. So um, Rose and I will actually be married 13 years tomorrow. Tomorrow's our anniversary. So there has not been a lot of planning um, going into tomorrow yet, but after tonight, we'll think about it. So we're excited. <laughs> Uh, before coming and starting this church, um, I was on staff at the Vineyard in Mishawaka for um, 11 years, but we attended there, attended there for 21 years. So this is a big transition for us. Uh, before going on staff at the Vineyard in Mishawaka, I was the, a director of information systems at Memorial Hospital and Health System. And then uh, before that, I worked construction for my dad. And uh, before that, I detasseled corn. So now you know just about everything there is to know about me. Um, but once you get to know me, one of the things you'll realize is that I like to coach. That's a big deal for me. I love the position of coach. I coached my kids in basketball, in soccer, in softball, baseball. But one of my favorite areas to coach or sports is t-ball. Anybody love t-ball? It's really painful to watch. I get it. <laughs> But it is so much fun to coach because there's so many things that they do wrong. I mean, just so many things. And so there's so many things that you just want to correct, but you can't. You just can't correct them all. So you have to focus on what's most important. Now, an example. So I would take these little kids. I mean, how old are they? Like, they're five, five years old, all right? And so you're, you're trying to teach them how to throw the ball. So an example was, I'd say, all right, grab the ball. We didn't even talk about grip. We just said, grab the ball. All right, now reach it back. All right, just reach it. I had my kids point backwards, by the way. I don't know what you all did. But point back, and then you have a mitt, hopefully, on this other hand. And then you point at where you're going to throw, all right? And then you just throw. That's what I'd have them do, OK? And we line up against the fence and just throw it against the fence, because there's no way they're going to catch it, right? It really is not a game of catch at that age. It's a game of throw. So we just do this throw thing, all right? And then we'll spend like 20 minutes just learning how to throw. Now, if they get that, then later on, you can work on how do you grip the ball, stepping forward, swiveling the hips, follow through, all those things. But at the beginning, you have to just focus on what's most important. Now, here's another example. My kids are older now, OK? Um, I have. Ben is a senior. The other three are already out of high school. And uh, Rebecca is a sophomore. And there's a lot of things that they need to know before they move out. Rose and I are really looking forward to the day that they move out. But um, so we're training them now. You know, They have to be able to you know, buy groceries, do their own laundry. It's a good thing if they know how to cook. I'm sorry, kids. You know, They're in here. 
Um, they have to learn how to shop for Father's Day gifts. They haven't figured that one out yet. Now, these are all good. They're all good. But you know what's most important? If they're going to move out, I actually created a list. All right, this is the Schwartz Young Adult Priorities. If you're going to move out, you have to be able to, you have to get a driver's license, you got to get a job, and you got to get a car. All right, that's like the most important. They can figure the other things out. You know, there's a lot of kids that are not getting their driver's licenses at 16 anymore, you know? My daughter, Becca, just got hers on Friday. Our youngest finally got a driver's license, so check, you know, and we've just got two more. <laughs> We're so close. We're so close. All right, so those are the most important. Now, let me give you one more example. So I've been on several mission trips, love going on mission trips. Um, I love going to Spanish-speaking countries. I try really hard. I know, I, you're laughing. I try really hard to speak Spanish. It doesn't go so well. But I have learned that there are a few phrases that you just need to know if you're going to be in a Spanish-speaking country. All right, so the first one is, mi nombre es Clint. So my name is Clint. You've got to be able to say what your name is, right? Uh, Jesus te ama is a good one if you're on a mission trip to say Jesus loves you. That's really important. Mas agua, por favor, you know, because it's hot. You need to have water, lots and lots of water. And then, of course, donde esta el baño, right? Where's the bathroom? If you take those phrases, those are the most important, you'll get along. Now, let me transition, all right? So when it comes to being a Christ follower, it's good to know what's most important. Now, a few things come to my mind as I was putting this together. Uh, the Ten Commandments seem pretty important. Uh, using our spiritual gifts seems pretty important. Being a generous person with our finances. And even um, the New Testament was written by the Apostle Paul, and he wrote several guidelines to uh, Christians, to Christian living. So those seem really important. But what's the most important? Now, the cool thing is that that exact question was asked of Jesus, and we're going to study that today because he answers that question for us. So if you have a Bible or on your smart device, we'll also have the scripture on the screen. You can turn to Mark chapter 12. Mark's in the New Testament. It's one of the four Gospels. You have Matthew, Mark, Luke, and John. So those are the four books that talk about Jesus's life. Historians believe that the author Mark was John Mark, who was a follower of Jesus and a companion of Paul on his missionary journeys. So let me set this up a little bit. Jesus has arrived in Jerusalem, and he's traveled from Capernaum. Capernaum is really considered one of uh, Jesus's hometown areas, but it's about a two-and-a-half-hour drive north of Jerusalem. So if you think of it this way, it's like driving to the north side of Chicago. So it'd take a couple hours, two and a half hours. But in their time, Jesus walked it. So you can imagine if you're walking 125 miles, it's going to take you five days at least, probably more like a week, because they're camping out and making camp every night along the way. Now, this isn't the first time that Jesus has traveled from his hometown to Jerusalem, but it will be his last time. The first thing that Jesus does is he goes into town because it's late, and he checks out the temple. That's the first thing he does. And then he goes out and, and spends the night you know, outside of town. Then he goes back in the next day and, and just causes all kinds of commotion. He starts driving out all of the vendors that are in the temple. All right, so there's vendors in there that are selling, 
They're selling uh, doves. They're selling sheep, goats, that kind of thing. They're selling them as sac- you know, to be used as sacrifices in the temple. Because all these people are traveling from outside of town. They're not bringing their own flock with them. They're coming into town to buy them. But has anyone ever bought a hot dog at a South Bend Cubs game? Right? It's like 20 bucks. I mean, I don't know. It's, it's a lot of money, though, right? Because they kind of got you. You're there. You're hungry. And you have to spend that much money. You know, it's called highway robbery. It's one of the phrases we use. That's the kind of thing that Jesus sees. So he gets so frustrated as to what's happening, this robbery, in a sense, that's taking place, that he drives them all out. He says that the church is supposed to be a house of prayer, not a den of robbers. So Jesus then creates that commotion, and he leaves. And then he comes back the next day, goes right back into the temple, and he starts preaching. All right? Now, the teachers of the law and the elders, man, they are upset. All right? They're really upset. So they right away go to Jesus and start questioning him about his authority. So then Jesus turns around and does a trick question back to them about John the Baptist, and they're afraid to answer it. So they just don't even answer the question because it's a lose-lose situation. And the people around Jesus go nuts. They just love the fact that the chief priests and the elders, they are silenced because of him. Now, at this point, the chief priests, the teachers of the law, the elders, the Pharisees, and the Sadducees, they actually kind of gang up on Jesus. Now, they are all enemies of each other, but they kind of gang up and they conspire because they need to take Jesus out. He's making them all look bad. It's not a good situation at all. And so they decide they're going to start asking him some trick questions and see if they can't get him to say something that would be a reason to get him arrested and eventually killed. All right, so first of all, the Pharisees and the Herodians, that's another religious group, they try to catch Jesus with his words. And they ask him a question about paying his taxes. And Jesus masterfully answers the question, just steps right out of that trap. Then the Sadducees approach him, and they try to trap him with a question about life after death, because they didn't even believe in life after death. And Jesus, again, masterfully answers that question as well. So then we get into the next question, which is our scripture. It's, It's by one of the teachers of the law. But this teacher of the law... I don't think he's trying to trick Jesus. I think he's seen his teaching. He's heard his responses. He's seen his authority. And he's like, this guy knows what's going on. I'm going to ask him a question. I think he was serious. So this is Mark chapter 12, starting with verse 28. It says, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating. Noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer, he asked him, of all the commandments, which is the most important? The most important one, answered Jesus, is this. Hear, O Israel, the Lord our God, the Lord is one. Love the Lord your God with all your heart and with all your soul and with all your mind and with all your strength. The second is this. Love your neighbor as yourself. There is no commandment greater than these. So Jesus has kind of narrowed it down to what's most important. And so those two responses, to love God and to love others, they became an important part of the creation of Lighthouse Vineyard Church here in Elkhart. And so we've incorporated that into our purpose statement. It says, Lighthouse Vineyard Church exists to train and encourage people 
to love God, love people, and shine Jesus within the city of Elkhart and the surrounding county. Simply put, we want everyone who calls Lighthouse Vineyard Church their church home to love God, love people, and shine Jesus. We feel like these statements are the most important. So our first message series is going to be based on these verses, and they will help us to figure out how to actually live out our purpose statement. So here's some of the topics that are coming up. On June 10th, we're going to talk about God's definition of love. So if he says to love God, love people, we should look at what does it mean to actually love. July 1st, we're going to look at ways that we can show love to God. July 8th, we're going to ask ourselves the question, who is my neighbor? Because we're supposed to love our neighbor. So who is my neighbor? July 15th, Rose is actually going to teach. She's going to talk about how to love the hurting. So if you don't like me at all, I'd encourage you to come back on July 15th because it's going to rock. It'll be really good. July 22nd, we're going to talk about showing love to those in need. And then on July 29th, we're going to talk about loving the lost, which is part of that shining Jesus piece of our purpose statement. So today's message is, is really the series introduction. It's called Top Priorities, Putting First Things First. But if you would, pray with me as I pray for the message. So God, Lord, we come to you right now. And as, as I was putting this together, Lord, I just really felt like this was an important message for me and an important message for all of us tonight, Lord. So I pray that you would help me to communicate your heart with what you want to communicate and say tonight. And it's in Jesus' name we pray. Amen. All right, so on your handout, uh, you can fill in these blanks if you would like. So number one, we can get our priorities right when we narrow our focus. When we narrow our focus. Mark chapter 12, verse 28 says, again, one of the teachers of the law came and heard them debating, noticing that Jesus had given them a good answer. Yes, of all the commandments, which is the most important? So when he's saying of all the commandments, a teacher of the law was an expert in Old Testament law. And they say that in the Old Testament, there are actually 613 different laws or commandments. And the teacher probably knew every one of them. In fact, he probably had them all memorized. So I think it's kind of cool that he would say, of, of all these 613 commands, Jesus, what do you say is the most important? And Jesus narrows it down to just two. Love God, love your neighbor. And as I was looking at the Ten Commandments, I realized that those are also narrowed down. You could group them into two categories. The first four are talking about loving God. It says, do not worship any other gods. Do not make any idols. Do not misuse the name of God and keep the Sabbath day holy. That's all about honoring and respecting and loving God. And then five through ten deal with loving our neighbor. Honor your father and mother. Do not murder. Do not commit adultery. Do not steal, do not lie, and do not covet. So just two commands, to love God, love others, seems like it should be pretty easy, right? We should have that all down. But in my life, I don't know about you, there are many things that are just really fighting for my time and my attention. And they would be, I would consider them important things. Like my budget, I mean, that seems like important. It takes time for me and energy to figure out my budget, where I'm spending my money, am I using my money, my finances wisely? Also, my physical condition. I don't know, you may not notice this, but it takes a lot of work to keep it looking like this. 
Not really. But anyway, so, but I need to eat better. You know, there's so many different ways of eating anymore. Um, my neighbor wants me to do kettlebells. I mean, just there's all this thing, time that it takes to, to stay physically fit. And then there's my, my windshield in my car. The inside of it needs to be cleaned. Anybody got that? Or you just, then the sun comes in, you can't even see because it needs to be cleaned. These are all important things. But of course, I would say that they're not the most important. So several years ago, God spoke to me about narrowing it down, narrowing down my focus in my life. And so I set a life purpose statement, and it dealt with just four areas. It was to love God, to love my wife, to raise up my kids, and to um, talk to people about Jesus. Those are like my, my top four. And so quite often, I'll go for a walk uh, with just me and God, and uh, we'll just talk about those four. So I'll ask God and say, how am I doing with you, God? Am I, am I showing love to you? Am I spending time with you? You know, we'll have that conversation. And then if, if everything seems good there, you know, then, then the conversation will go on to my wife, and I'll go, how am I doing with loving my wife? And I'll think through and let God kind of speak to me. And then if everything's going good there, I'll sometimes move on to number three, my kids, and say, how am I doing with because well, you know, I got five kids, so I'm thinking through each one of them. How am I doing with raising them and loving them and spending time with them? And then if things are going well, I'll go down to number four and just say, how am I doing with, with telling people about Jesus and just loving the lost? And you know what? It's rare that I'll actually make it down to number four because as I'm thinking through it, I'll, I'll stop on number one, number two, number three, and just realize, oh, man, I'm blowing it. And I'll go back and I'll think, okay, I need to change some behaviors, some habits. And I'll go back and refocus. And so for me, it matters that there's only four. I couldn't imagine having 613 different things to try to prioritize and manage. But I'm convinced that my spiritual walk has been so much better since I narrowed my focus to just those top four. So here's three questions I want you to ask yourself. First one is, what are my top priorities? What are my top priorities? And you can write it down if you want. Just think about it for a second. And if you're struggling with going, I don't, I'm not sure what they are, one of the ways that you can tell is the second question. Where am I spending my money? They say if you look at your bank account, You'll know what your priorities are. And maybe you're young and you don't have a bank account yet. Well, look at your calendar, because that's the third question is, where am I spending my time? Those second two questions will help to align, or at least let you know what your, the answer is to the first question. And then my challenge to you would be to take a look at the first question again and say, what should my priorities be? And then go to work on your budget. Go to work on your calendar to make them reflect what your priorities should be. Because there's not enough time and money to do everything that's in front of us. And we have to be willing to narrow down our focus to what's most important. So here's the tip. You can fill this in. We can't say yes to the best things unless we say no to some good things. 
We simply can't do it all, guys. So we can't say yes to the best things unless we say no to some good things. So that's the first point. We can get our priorities right when we narrow our focus. All right, so number two, we can get our priorities right when we decide that it's not about us. When we decide that it's not about us. We've already mentioned the two commandments, to love God, love people. That then the people side, that's not including you. I mean, it's just other people, all right? So it's about other people. It's about loving God. And um, I love the book, The Purpose Driven Life. If you haven't read it by Rick Warren, it's a must read for every Christian. Uh, it is the number two best selling book of all time, right behind the Bible. And so it's definitely worth reading. But the book starts out with these simple words It's not about you. <laughs> That's how it starts out. And then the book just goes on to tell you that for the next you know, 150 pages or so. Um, that is God's priorities for our life as well. Matthew chapter 16, verse 24 says, Then Jesus said to his disciples, Whoever wants to be my disciple must deny themselves, must deny themselves and take up their cross and follow me. For whoever wants to save their life will lose it, but whoever loses their life for me will find it. The secret to happiness in this life, to gain life, is to give our lives away to others. So if we're going to be people that love God and love others, it's going to require us to be willing to say no to ourselves. We can't be all about ourselves and love God and love others. There's just not enough time, money, or energy. Now, I, I want to tell you about uh, one of the heroes of the faith in my life. It's Pastor Stanley Lonathan. He's um, a pastor from South Sudan. And uh, so I've been to visit Pastor Stanley probably, I don't know, maybe 10 times or so. And um, he is probably the smartest man I've ever met in South Sudan. And uh, he is an entrepreneur. He has started churches. I think he's started four or five different churches, oversaw them. He also was in charge of a couple of schools, a medical clinic, clinic, a couple of farms. But probably the best thing that I think Pastor Stanley did was he started an orphanage. And uh, when I was there, uh, the first time I got to see these children, there are 33, the 38 children or so, the first time I met them. And these are children that were just, I mean, lost. Their kids have been killed through the war. They've been killed through murder. Um, they had died of disease. And Pastor Stanley just couldn't take it anymore, uh, seeing these kids just not have a life. So he started an orphanage. Well... A year and a half ago, I think it's been almost two years, war broke out in South Sudan again, and um, the, the fighting was actually happening right around the orphanage. And one day, um, the shooting was happening on both sides of the orphanage, and so the kids were actually underneath their beds as bullets were flying across. Now, nobody got hurt, but, but Pastor Stanley had been working on trying to get these kids 
out of South Sudan into Uganda, into a refugee camp. But the government, which is very corrupt in South Sudan, was unwilling to give him permission to leave. But after that day, Pastor Stanley said, that's it, we're leaving. And so he loaded up like three or four big trucks with these kids and then drove through the night, had to spend the night in the jungle, um, through the rebels and all this kind of stuff, but made it to the Uganda border and got them out. Now, because he left illegally, uh, he's been charged with child trafficking. And so he is actually on a wanted list in South Sudan and cannot return. So this is a man who pastored a church, oversaw several churches, had a nice house being built by a church here, was helping him to build a house, had a farm, and he lost it all. He lost it all. But I'm convinced that Pastor Stanley knew what his mission in life was. He knew what was most important to him. And I never heard him complain once about everything that he lost. He is still pouring it out and giving it to these kids. And I, I am sure that there, 130 kids would not be alive today if Pastor Stanley hadn't done what he did. So he's willing to give his life away. And that's his mission. But God has a mission for each and every one of us. He has an assignment for us. And let me give you a hint. It's not about you. All right? It's about loving God. It's about loving others. And I want to end with this quote. You can fill this on your handout from a French author. I don't know how to say the person's name. But someday you will find out that there is more happiness in another's happiness than in your own. And Pastor Stanley has found that. And I believe that that's the purpose of every single one of us, is to pour out into other people's lives and cause happiness in their lives. And in return, trust me, we will find everything that we've been looking for. So that's point number two. We can get our priorities right when we decide that it's not about us. I'm going to invite our worship team to come back up here. And they're going to lead us in a, uh, a closing song. And then uh, we'll have a, a closing prayer as well. So if you guys would stand with me. Thank you for enjoying the message. We hope we helped you know God more intimately. If you feel our ministry is helping you spiritually, feel free to give online at lighthousevineyard.church. Thank you once again for being part of our family, and we'll see you next time.